Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Now I'm talking with Oyston Brun. Did, did I say your name correctly? Yeah, pretty much. I'm kind of used to uh, a little bit weird pronunciations, but but that's all 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 good. <laughs> Can I hear you say it? Oystein. 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 Yeah, Oystein. it's kind of a, a tone in there that uh, that doesn't. It's kind of a very typical Norwegian kind of thing. So I, I I'm not not really sure if if you know you from states and stuff is really able to to do that note <laughs> so to speak. But it's pretty close though. Okay, okay. Well, um, he's the guitarist, the founding member of the Norwegian black metal band Borknagar, and I've been saying that so long for years. We've been doing the radio show for 10 years. Have I been saying that correctly? Borknagar. That's that's what it, that's all good. That's all good. Yeah, okay. I, I don't I don't really know how to pronounce it myself whether I talk Norwegian or English, you know. It's it's kind of a weird name to Especially, yeah, you know, it's it's what it is. So so it's all good. Okay, cool, man. Well, uh, we're getting in back into show mode, man. We are. There's actually a ton of shows going on this weekend here in Seattle, and it's a beautiful thing to see music return to the city, return to the world. Uh, and the devastation of the nation tour was going to go down right around the time that everything closed down. And uh, the 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 show is happening Sunday, April twenty fourth at El Corazon. Uh, and it's going to be uh, a really, really awesome tour with Rotting Christ, Wolfheart, Abigail Williams, and Bork in the Gar. And uh, I'm here to talk with Oyston about this. Uh, so curious, um, how good must it feel to have this final, this show finally, this tour, this full tour of the United States, you know, actually going ahead now? Because I know it had to get rescheduled a couple times and jostled here and there, but it must feel really good, man. Oh yeah, it feels really good, and and you know we have been been longing to get back to the states for so so long time. We did, we did one off show at Malin Death Fest a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. I think. Um, it was amazing, um, and we also did you know back in the day in 1999, we we had a had a 
kind of old school tour with Emperor back in the day, Picatum and Divine Emperor, I think it was. And, and you know, ever since that tour, I mean, it was a rough tour back then in 99. Everything was on the ground-ish. We dri- was driving around in a car in the heat wave without any air conditioning and stuff. And it was brutal. But you also kind of, we have so many good memories from that tour, uh, traveling around in the U.S. And we had a lot of days off, or not a lot, but we had some days off and stuff. And we had a really good time in the end of the day. Uh, at least that is what we remember. So, so you know, ever since that we have been kind of longing back to the U.S. Um, yeah. just to get our mid-fans play shows. Uh, at least from our experience, which is not that a lot or that much really, though, so to speak. But but we always had a very good time in the U.S. for playing for, for, for the audience in the U.S. Always good shows, always good audience and stuff like that. So, you know, we have been longing for... A, this tour for a long time so to speak so so it's it's good to feel that uh, you know it's good to everything is a little bit i don't know it you know we have already postponed the tour two times this is the mm-hmm. thir- third time everything seems to work out all right this yeah. this time around i really really hope so and uh, we are ready to go and all that but but you know um I'm not sure if I believe it before I'm actually on a flight, to be honest with you. But but you know that being said, uh, it seems really you know solid now, and 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 everything seems to go according to the book. So so let's um, hope for the best. It will be an awesome run, and and it's as I said, it's 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 something we really really want to do. I mean, we've already lost a lot of money on this project, mm-hmm. so to speak, due to Corona. We were supposed, you know. The, the outbreak of Corona when everything closed down and stuff like that. I think that was at least Norwegian time. It was a Thursday or something like that. And we were supposed to travel the Tuesday after. So, oh so we got it. It's, you know, we got it really in the face. I was ready. I was packed up with my guitars and stuff. And I was just planning to, to stay home with my family the weekend and have a good time with my family and then mm-hmm. travel off to the U.S. and do the tour. And then I kind of woke up one morning and I got a message from our manager that, no, Trump closed everything. Yeah. <laughs> Let's forget about it. You know, that was that was tough. Uh, you know, it's, it's you know, touring is also a, a mental side of things. You know, you have to prepare for it. You have to oh, yeah. uh, be ready for it physically, mentally. Uh, I was training before the tour. I have to train again before doing this tour, you know. Um, and, and, and also, you know, the... the, the all the things that we look forward to uh, just slipped out of our hands, so to speak, over in you know in a matter of minutes, basically. Uh, so so uh, so it it feels good to be to be back on track and and uh, looking at the the US tour in the horizon, so to speak. So when things shut down and you're and you're you're staying home, and I'm I'm assuming. So uh, I'll I'll just uh, get this out there. Are you in Norway right now? Yeah yeah yeah. Okay. Cool. So that's where you're based out of. So when, you know, you, you realize, oh, crap, okay, guess we're not going on tour. What did you, how did you guys handle it? Did you guys go into like songwriting mode? Did you personally like work a day job? Did you just stay home with your, your family? What, what, how did you stay sane during the pandemic? Assuming that you did stay sane. Uh, yeah, that's <laughs> always a question, isn't it? <laughs> I don't know if I'm sane, but you know, uh, everything is relative, I guess. Um, well, you know, the first days, the couple of days, the first weekend, we were like, you know, it was just, um, 
we just had to digest the whole situation, so to speak. Uh, we just had to, you know, what what are we going to do? Um, uh, but but actually, quite fast. I th I think it was actually the the morning after or something. I just uh, just because I also have a studio. I I have been built spending the last spending the last you know almost ten years like building and establishing my own studio with high high end stu uh, studio equipment yeah. and all that stuff and. And and I kind of the the morning, pretty much after we we, we realized that we, we are not going on tour, I just sent a message to to Lars because he had you know showed showed me some projects and some demo tapes and stuff like that. What project he had going, and I was like just sending him a text message and then should we mix? Let's do some mixing then. Um, yeah. So I, I mean we was I'm kind of happy with how we kind of made the situation to something positive anyways in in a sense um, on on the business side of things in terms of the ban i mean the, the devastation of the the nation guys was quick to turn around we was like in a couple of days we rescheduled the tour a, a year after just just you know change it from 2020 to 2021 little did we know that this pandemic would would last this long though but but you know we we tried to pick up on things as soon as possible and 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 kind of turn twist the whole thing to something positive in all this this grief so to speak and 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 personally speaking i you know i, I my my studio have been literally blowing up i mean in terms of projects i've been doing a lot of projects and um albums and productions masterings and whatnot so so it has been a creative year in in studio also of course we have been starting to 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 jam out some some ideas for a new album and stuff like oh. that we haven't we haven't framed it yet or planned it too much yet because we we really really want to you know tour true north before we do release another album um not because, not because you know, we just want to bring this album out in a proper way because we are so satisfied with this album that we want, you know, people, we want to bring it out there, so to speak. Um, and and so we don't stress on the next album. But of course, we have a lot of material already, probably everything, so f rough mixes at least, or rough scratches of the songs. Yes. Um, so it has been, um, and still is, quite creative. And I think that is this this if I can say beauty of the situation is that um, it you know it didn't turn out too bad even though you know of course band side of things horrible I mean we also had to 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 postpone and and cancel European tours and a bunch of festivals and lost a lot of money and all that the whole story shebang but we, we may we have survived all good we shouldn't complain there is bands that is probably much worse than us so to speak um and talking about myself i've been working non-stop in my studio 24 7 awesome. since the outbreak yeah. of pandemic producing i don't know how many albums and masterings Wonderful. and singles and whatever so it's quite a lot that's awesome. So I'm I'm curious. I I you know I probably sound kind of ignorant asking this question, but uh, I'm not as familiar with your your work as a producer and and, and as an engineer and, and your work at your. Uh, do you specialize in rock and, and heavy metal, or do you do it all across the board? Um, you know, I I always try to keep in, in terms of music. I've always tried to 
keep an open mind on things. I don't, you know, I, I never, you know, the same thing with my music and the music I do myself. I don't want to limit myself, at least not mentally speaking. Of course, it. Yeah. Of course, I do metal. Like you know, I can't get away from that. But but, yeah. but I always try to keep as a, as a mental concept or idea. I always try to keep open doors and open, you know. In theory, I want to do whatever you know. I I could in theory do a jazz album on next album or a hip hop album. Nobody could could arrest me or shoot me for it because you know yeah. I've always that is the mentality of the band. I, of course, I don't going to do that. But but to keep this mentality is important. And the same thing I pretty much had towards the the, the studio thing as well. Um, but of course, it, you know there is something. I'm in, in deep, deep when it comes to metal in in, in a way. So I don't. Well, get people know you it. from that. They know you're, yeah. you're you're yeah. You have quite the the pedigree when it comes to that. So yeah, I, yeah, I can't get that. away from that. So of course, that's that's a kind of a natural evolution, I would say. I guess uh, doing a lot of metal, but I also done some masterings from local, you know, pop rock bands and stuff like that. Cool. Just you know, things like that. I have done. One friend of mine is doing a completely different style of music, which isn't even, you know, I don't know how to call it, what to call that kind of music. But it's really cool to try, uh, you know, challenge myself on, on completely yeah. different soundscapes and stuff like that. So I've done some of that. But the big scope of things, it's a lot of metal, of course. Uh, I've, I, yeah, I've done... I thought that this white void project, for example, with Lars, um, is out on Nuclear Blast now uh, these days, um, and and there will be our next album after this one, probably next year or something, and some local bands, some bigger bands, um, and also I can't say much about it now, but I have a quite celebrity in studio right now, so to speak, oh. in, in the metal, in the black metal scene, but but I can't say too much about it right now, but... Uh, but well, tell him I said hi. <laughs> <laughs> he's not in, in present in studio, but his music... Fair enough. To, okay. to but, but quite, you know, some it's kind of growing growing a little bit, so... Um, you know, I can't, I cannot argue that I have any name when it comes to producing in general. I'm basically nobody, but... but uh, Things is starting to work pretty well on 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 this this uh, project as well. So yeah, let's see. Yeah, making a living doing what you love—that's what it's all about, man. That's what it's all yeah, about. Yeah, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm trying, you know, to to keep keep. Uh, you know, for me, it's it's it's. Um, that's also part of the whole whole, you know, thing that. It's it's kind of you know back in the day when I when we started with the early albums the first album for example the second albums you know that was old school we had the studio for three weeks record all the stuff in two weeks and then we mix and master the album the last week or three days or whatever um, but you know back in the day I always had this and and had for a long long time this. You know, if you're a painter, if you are an artist, a writer of books or something like that, what you get when you buy a painting, it's basically what the painter was supposed to do, wanted to, yeah. to reveal to this world. But as a musician, I always felt that there is some kind of limitation between me and the audience because you have to go through an expensive studio, you have mm -hmm. to find the right producer, you have to, you know, you you are not guaranteed that this picture, this musical picture I'm doing yeah. is the same picture that people actually buy out there, if, if you get my point. And that's a, a something that always have bugged me in a sense. So 
since quite many years. I, I was early out with Cubase in late 90s, of course, just mm-hmm. for demoing and stuff like that. But I've always had this idea in my back of my head when I get the chance, when I get the you know funds to do stuff like this, to 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 try to what can I say f- fusion the whole music musician aspect and also the producer aspect. I in a sense I always had this idea about I want to to go all the way with my music if you get my point. Yeah. Um, and I'm not saying really because that's something I experienced, but when when working in studio, I'm definitely not going to mix my own music. <laughs> that's mm-hmm. for sure because that that is difficult. Ah, uh, yeah. You know, but 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 uh, it's impossible. I you know, I don't I don't want to do that really. You know, but but it's still there is something to 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 be hands on with your music as far as possible. Uh, if you get my point, and and mm-hmm. that has been driving me, and that's why I you know that after twenty years I started to earn some money in music. I kind of reinvested it in my studio here and spent the last. Yeah, almost ten years building, and and I mean seriously building. I build everything. That's the awesome. building itself, every every wow. nail is done by me, and every you know, all the wood, everything from ground up, including the equipment and stuff. Of course, I bought the equipment though, but mm-hmm. I have to build that myself. But you know, so I'm so that was, has been a kind of a, a, a parallel project I've had in the back of my basically in back of my jaw, <laughs> but in back of my head uh, for, for many years. And now it's pretty much up and going. So, so you know, I, and I kind of find the same, maybe not exactly the same, but I find the same excitement about, you know, turning a rough mix or a poorly recorded something or a, 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 some recordings into a cool re- sounding thing, you know. Yeah. The, the whole thing about you know uh, building music, if I can say so, uh, creating music, mm-hmm. uh, it's it's um, yeah one of the biggest things I can do in my life. Um, so and I find a lot of the same pleasure mixing for others or mastering for others, making coal shines like diamonds, for example. That's you know it's it's always a pleasure and it's inspiring as well. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates – Price and coverage match limited by state law. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink... What you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. 
So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Absolutely, man. That's awesome. That's that's really cool to hear. And uh, I'm always interested what people do to fill their time when they're not on stage. And it sounds like you are helping other people live their dreams and stuff. But um, I, I wanted to ask, so obviously people are very familiar with like the 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 backstory of Norwegian black metal and metal is such a rich history. Of course, there's the more sensationalized uh, Hollywood version of Lords of Chaos and whatnot. But if you were to, you know, you being someone who is from Norway and you're a big heavy metal fan, probably I'm assuming growing up, um, what was your first foray into you know rock and roll music and then the more you know dangerous underground rock music and metal? What what got you into it? Well, uh, you know, I have. I didn't have to rewind the tape, you know, the, the way back to my, my early, you know, years, to be honest. You know, I had a father, which was, I was basically, I was born and grew up the two first year of my life. I can't remember that, though, but in a kind of a hippie collective in, in, in okay. Trondheim. So my father was like, uh, and my mother as well, was were kind of a kind of a hippie style, you know, living a little bit, you know, on, on, on. A radical kind of you know you know all that the whole style sure. i remember back in the day we was traveling a lot in the summertime every every year we had a month in a caravan car kind of thing and just driving around in in europe and stuff like that and a p- part of this package was music and there was always music you know even if there was a party outside a bonfire or whatever you know and having a good time party or whatever there was only music around and my music, my my father was very kind of uh, build his own speakers and stuff, and he also you know you know back in those days you know that was different times, and he was importing LPs from UK from England in oh. order to transfer to his big uh, tapes, which I now have in my studio actually, cool. um, and then he then he resold the LPs in Norway in order to to fund the whole you know cyclus of getting new music and stuff like that. You know back in the day you couldn't really. Yeah just go online and find everything you want on Spotify, you know. You had to actually get it and pay mm-hmm. for it. So so I think that was the first. I remember I was a small kid. I was, like, listening to Pink Floyd and all kinds of, you know, underground, you know, progressive rock at that time, Steppenwolf, Uriah Heep, you know, the whole shebang. Um, so I'm grown up with this, I think. And at some point, I, I remember, you know, I guess it was a secondary school. It was like 12, 13 years old. I met some other guys that was into metal and rock and stuff like that. And then all of a sudden, you know, Twisted Sisters and Accept and, you know, mm-hmm. Art Maiden came in in the picture after a while and Metallic. I remember, I think it was Ride Lightning or something. I bought one of the first albums I actually bought in my life. Um yeah, I think it was, or maybe Master Purpose, I don't remember. And then, you know, it kind of, the whole thing just rolled the way it usually does, yeah. I guess. Um, searching more music, more interesting music. And at some point, I wanted was more into the more obscure things. Uh, you know, when you have heard all Master Puppets at that time, you know, there was a handful of albums you had to listen, kind of mandatory listen back then. But then I was like, yeah, but there is more to this. There is more bands that you haven't heard about. And we was kind of... We had a couple of good record stores in town, I remember. We could buy get some really obscure releases and bootlegs yeah. and whatnot. 
And, and you know, from there, I guess, and, and I remember in the late 80s, uh, 89, 88 or something like that, I got in contact because at that point you, you start to get a little bit older and your kind of your radius is a little bit wider when it comes to traveling and partying and stuff like that. So I remember I, I started to hang out, hang, or we, my, my clan, so to speak, <laughs> we was a handful of boys was traveling to us for to the guys uh, some guys in um, on another side on, on the other side of town and you know that was the immortal guys back in the day and wow. i remember wow. i met this guy uh stig from sadistic noise mag he, he at that time he did one of the biggest underground fan scenes in norway he, i think he released like two two fan scenes three or something like that and from him i got a lot of con you know, contacts, I got demos, I got flyers, and then I got into this, what can I say, um, very special thing, very glorious thing, very interesting thing. I, I, you know, that was so cool back in the day when I, at some point, I remember I, I you know, I, I, I spent all my money, all my time sending letters, demo cassettes, spreading flyers, you know, it was such a, <laughs> I don't know, it was, you know, a um, special time, to be honest. Uh, but I, at that point, I started to establish network throughout the whole world. I, I remember at, at some point, I, I got like between seven or ten letters each day, and every everyone I had to answer, you know, and I had to go back with a big bag of letters and cassettes, mm -hmm. and of course, and, and flyers and all that, and and you know, to the post office, I sent back. You know, it was a, <laughs> it was a cool thing. So that that got me into the underground scene per se, uh, demos and and all the obscure band from Finland, from US and whatnot. You know, and and from there, I guess you know, uh, the Bergen scene was growing up a little bit and becoming something more than just some kids. That we had Greg Holland Studios, and you know, a lot of band went there to record demos and stuff. We did also with my my previous band and stuff, and you know, everything just spun off from there. I think, I guess. Um, so that's kind of the <laughs> how it started. It's got to be weird to 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 like you know flip on a TV and see people these actors playing people that you knew and kind of you know whether it's distorted truths or sensational it's got to be really weird to just be like I lived yeah. that I don't know that's that's kind of weird yeah you know I I was never I to be honest about it I was never really I never was really fond of this this the criminal aspect of the black metal you know sure. I remember I don't remember the day back in you know I I was. I didn't knew all the guys, but I, I met most of them and I knew some of them more than the other guys and all that. Because, you know, there was like 20, 30 people at that time in Norway playing metal. That's yeah. it. And, and and if you wanted to go to a, a bigger concert and, and there was absolutely nothing in Bergen. So I remember I went to my first, I think it was Morbid, Morbid Angel obituary or something like that in, in Oslo. We traveled by train. I think it was like 13, 14 years old or something. And then we started to meet, you know, I remember I met uh, Jun from the section there at that point. He was young. I was young, long time ago. Um, and then you started to meet the Oslo people and, you know, things kind of just became. And then the guys, the, the emperor guys came to Bergen and they lived just, um, they kind of was was uh, sleeping at a, an apartment um, 
just some blocks down the street. I remember when recording Nightshade Eclipse and stuff like that, so hang a little bit around with them. And I remember when Enslaved Guys was recording the Frost album. They, I, I, nice. I had to, I, I drove their drum kit to the studio. I remember uh, because my father had had a big car, hence the the, the caravan thing. So yeah. we put everything into the car there. Uh, from they came from from with a ferry from from Haugesund and stuff. So you know it was old school back then. Uh, it was by hand. Everything was by hand and by face and in real time, so to speak. But I think some of the magic back then was the fact that you had this boiling scene going on. Um, a lot of, of course, young kids. Uh, for mostly boys, so to speak, but you know, a lot of testosterone and a lot of ideas, and we wanted to conquer the world and all that stuff. And you know, some of the magic was, I think, was the fact that we there wasn't no, I, I couldn't go to the pub and play the latest song we have done in the rehearsal room yeah. because we didn't have a smartphone, we didn't have YouTube, we couldn't send files to each other, we couldn't share share the ideas. So we had we had to kind of share the ideas by mouth, by, by, by talking about it. And I think, you know, the mental side of that, it's like telling, you know, um, fairy tales back in the day. How, how did fairy tales become? Yeah. I think black metal, you know, came to exist a little bit because of, of the same mechanism in a sense, because everybody was talking about their stuff. I was talking about my logo. I had, didn't have, I, I had a one, version of my logo at home <laughs> but i haven't any copy machine or i didn't have yeah. a smartphone i could show it but i could tell the people how it looked and it looked great man <laughs> yeah you know you're like and, it's and, so brutal and they're like yeah, yeah, okay yeah. okay let's yeah, yeah. we can't so, wait so i think that was some of the magic back then to be honest about it i've been thinking quite a lot because i've got a lot of uh, ask, uh, questions about it of course um i think some of the magic was this, just this this thing that we was just talking together hanging around talking about music and of course you know the fish is always becoming a little bit bigger for each you know <laughs> yeah. so 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 i think that was kind of uh in itself it was a kind of a mechanism that sparked some of the magic around this music i i would say at least from my point of view well i appreciate your input man it's 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 also awesome to hear you know uh, someone who was there and someone who's been there and continues to push their art and mm -hmm. and I was going to mention, you know, I not to get too deep into it, but I just I, I I wanted to at least recognize and acknowledge the fact that, you know, you get a Bork Nagar album and it's always evolving. You know, you guys have gotten a lot of, you know, like soaring vocal operatics, like gorgeous sounding elements. And it's just like this last album that you put out just like. It was brutal, but also catchy, and it was just, it was awesome. So I commend you on pu constantly pushing forward with, with new stuff. So I just wanted to acknowledge that. Thank you, sir. And, and I, you can, you can, you can, yeah, no worries, man. I mean, that, that was also one of my uh, principles in life when it comes to music. It's, you know, I always compare my music or my musical doing or career or call it whatever you want. It should kind of mirror life in a sense. I mean, and, and life always moves forward. I mean, unless you die, of course not. But 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 as as long as I live, I you know, it's it's always in my it's in my opinion, it's a very human 
it's the reason why we actually work forwards. I mean, we. I mean, the the, the direction is always forwards, in my opinion, and and the same should go with music. Um, I think, and 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 to me, it would be actually quite meaningless to go backwards. Um, uh, doing old stuff or trying to do what I did when I was 19 years old, for example, what's the point with that? Uh, I think, uh, to me, honesty in music is very important uh, virtue, and and I think that uh, you have to be honest about what you're doing, musically speaking. And and in my case, that has to mirror life, and I always make walk forward. And to me, life is a kind of a journey in a sense. I mean, you you start at one point and you get born and someplace somewhere in 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 this world, yeah. and you end up somewhere another place in this world. And the same thing goes for music, basically. And and you know, I there is you know, I, I have to go move forwards. The day I find myself circling myself or walking backwards, something like that, I'm gone. I'm done. Absolutely, man. Well, well, Oyston, Oyston, sorry, you, you've Oyston. been more than you, Oyston. You've been more than generous with your time. I have one last question for you. Um, if you could show us, but definitely tell us, pick a scar on your body and tell us the story of how you got that scar. Yeah. Um, I had, um, I have a quite big scar on this, like this. Okay. Yeah. It's probably not, uh, you can probably not see it, but sure. it's, it's a knife and it's kind of, it's, it's was uh, painful. And I remember that was one of the first really. You know, back in when I grew up, I grew up in the countryside, and what we did back then, we didn't go to you know uh, kindergartens or anything like that. We was up in the forests, playing around with knives, and and you know, looking back now, I I you know I can't really understand how we was allowed to do all we did back then. Sure, we were all different times. I mean, we was driving without any safety belts anyway, so yeah. you know everything was different then. But but I was walking the forest and building you know um, huts and whatnot, wow. carving out flutes and climbing trees and all that. That was basically my five, six, seven first years in life. Wow. So so I can remember this cut because that was one of the first cut I really got, and I it was bleeding a lot. And I remember I got ob obnoxious and you know was almost fainting and stuff like that. So. I remember that one. It was really painful, I can remember. I remember mother was stressing a lot and wanted me to go to, to a doctor and stuff like that because you could see the bone in the finger. Wow, okay. But it didn't, it didn't do that. But, but it also gives me good positive memories because, you know, the, the, the freedom back then, just being outside in the forest with a knife, you and yourself, with maybe some friends or whatever, but basically being a free spirit in the forest, you know, that sense of feeling is something I cherish a lot. And I try to bring into my music this this free spirit that, uh, you know, um, being yourself on your own terms in the nature, just you and the nature, nothing between you and nature, you know, all that stuff. It's, it's something I've always cherished a lot. And 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 so that's that the scar kind of reminds me of that about that time. I remember the place. I can still go to the same place. I, I got this 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 wow. uh, scar. So so it's 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 a little treasure for me. It's it's a lot of good memories, even though it was painful back then. It sounds like a magical childhood for real, though. 
Yeah, I, I would say so. I mean, I mean, to me it was, and 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 you know, when we got, when I got uh, kids myself, actually, me and my wife was early on because she comes from a, a countryside as well, not in northern Norway. We was very determined that when the day comes that we gonna get some kids. If we're gonna get some kids, we we yeah we got some kids then, and we <laughs> we actually moved back to my 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 place of upbringing right. because I wanted to try. It's a different time now. The yeah. climate has changed. There is no winters really anymore. There is really no summer. Also, everything is up because of the climate change, though. But, 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 um, what I wanted as far as possible to give my kids the same possibilities as us, as I had this freedom, just walking out in nature, no bothers, no restrictions, nobody, you know, do whatever you want to do and use your Im imagination because that is what you do when you're in nature. You have to find solutions. Mm -hmm. You have to get over stuff. You have to go through stuff. You have to, you know, whatever. So, so it, it, it's, it's, it's a good way of learning. I would say you don't freeze. I mean, people, kids nowadays, they don't know what freezing is. They don't know what starving is. I mean, I'm not disrespectful because I know there is a lot of people that has horrible situation, sure. not getting enough food, and and and. But if you're talking about our civilization or you know modern yes. civilization, um, at least in Norway, which is a very kind of rich country, we have a very good health system, and you don't have to worry too much about things in Norway, to be honest about it. And, but I've been kind of thinking about uh, you know the the fact that. I think yeah, I think that kids should feel starvation sometimes. They should feel the, f the freezing cold sometimes, just to know what it is. Because then you also might have some empathy for you know when you see a picture of a kid starving, for example. Or good point. You know. So, so for me, yeah. it's a part of important part of the upbringing to also feel, if you get my point, feel the forces of nature in a sense that you feel the danger. The, the 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 beauty of nature. There, I mean, there is so many beautiful things in nature. Being on a mountaintop is one of the biggest feelings mm -hmm. I can have in my life. I have behind my house um, one of the biggest mountain in 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 Bergen area. Wow. Me and my father used to go there a lot, and I, I still go there not so much anymore because I don't have the time for it. But that is some of the greatest feeling I can have. You mm -hmm. you're really pushing yourself. You're kind of tasting blood and you're sweating like a dog. But when you get up there, you feel like, wow, it's such a, I mean, that's a kick. Uh, you know, those things is something I, I would love to, to, you know, bring on to my kids. But, you know, again, world is different now. World is different now. Well, man, it's been awesome talking with you about a variety of topics and everything from Borknagar to 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 mountaintops to the countryside it's been awesome man and and again i i beg you to please buy a ticket for this show because it'll probably sell out if it hasn't already devastation of the nation tour at elcor zone sunday april 24th riding christ wolfheart abigail williams mighty bork the gar coming back to the united states it's gonna be an epic tour uh oyster uh i keep getting it wrong austin oyster <laughs> oyster okay thank you so much for taking the time man any final words for the northwest audience Oh, thank you for yeah for everyone listening to this. Thank you to everybody and thank you for the support. We have a lot of I know we have a lot of fans in the US and uh, you know we we appreciate that so much. It's you know it's it's a it's touching sometimes. I get tons of messages on my phone and mails and all that. So yeah. we are looking so much forward to get back to the states and have a really really good time. As 
party of the century. So, uh, so I'm, yeah. What can I say? Looking forward, guys. Awesome. April 24th at El Corazon, Devastation of the Nation. Thank you so much, man. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.